Good afternoon. That was a bit of Quincy Jones for you. Welcome to episode two of Blur Podcasts. We are here back again for some more controversial news and some fun and games. Well, what should we talk about first? Well, let's talk about week in review. What happened last weekend? We had some motorsport. Let's talk. Well, okay, let's start with the Bathurst 1000, the biggest race in Australia. Um, did I watch it? No. No, I didn't, because I'm not getting up at 2 a.m. Um, did I watch the highlights? Yes, I did. Um, was there anything else on? No. Why? Why? It's not, it's not that I don't like it. It's just it's not a championship for me. It's not... I'm not hugely into other touring car series. I can watch it and enjoy it, but it's about knowing the championship. I don't necessarily know the rules to a degree, you know, the cars, drivers, teams and tracks. But in terms of the rules and stuff, it, it's not that important. And to get up at 2am to watch something like that, it's just a bit much. I know we said last week about hating on Formula 1, but I don't mind getting up at bloody 5 in the morning to watch a bit of Formula 1, especially it's the start of the year, only because you've been waiting all winter for motorsport. The problem is with the UK is our winters are quite long compared to say Australia, so Australia's seasons can run from, uh, you know, January, February um, to November, whereas our sort of national championships race from, say, March, April to um, to sort of October, really, and it's only really this year with the coronavirus pandemic that motorsport in this country has been extended a bit longer, which is why we still have two more race weekends of the British Touring Car Championship, which I'll get on to uh, in a minute. So, why why the Bathurst 1000? It's sort of like the big race. Every championship has its big race. You know, Formula 1 has Monaco, IndyCar has the Indy 500. Um, you know, NASCAR has the Daytona 500. The World Endurance Championship has Le Mans. The list goes on. Um, and the Bathurst 1000 is no exception. It is the big race for the V8 Supercar Championship. It's where they introduce co-drivers so each car has two drivers which i think is a cool idea i think maybe we could look at that but again it's all about costs and stuff and our championship is about keeping costs down so to pay for a second driver would be something else we have played around with that in the past but yeah that's how they do it over there obviously they've got bigger budgets and stuff um but yeah what's the highlight it was all right it was good the track the track always produces great racing um and it was won by, and it, it's sort of a swan song really, because Holden are pulling out of, you know, GM are pulling out of any factory racing. So it's their last season in the championship. And it was nice for them to win it. You know, the Holden Red Bull racing team won by Shane Van Gisberg and, and Garth Tander won the race. And fair play. Good race. At least Scott McLaughlin's not winning everything. Although I will say he's one of my favourite drivers over there. Um, I did watch some streaming uh, some esports stuff at the weekend, which I'm not usually that into because it's just not the same, is it, as real racing, but it was something to watch. And I watched um, Jimmy Broadbent. If you've not seen him on YouTube, go check him out. He's amazing. Great racing driver, comedic expert, entertaining, funny to watch. And he did a 12-hour race at Barfest in a Nissan GTR. And I didn't watch the whole race, obviously, but I did watch, you know, I was, I was jumping in and out on the stream. And he started in, like, P43 or 45 because they didn't qualify. I think it was about a 45 car field anyway. Um, and he finished 7th. They finished 7th. I mean, that's amazing. What a race, you know? The sad part of it is the announced, uh, Australian Motorsport Organisation announced the other day that 
the um, the Bathurst 12 hour, which is their endurance, big endurance race at Mount Panorama, same track as the 1000 race, will not go ahead next year because of the pandemic and travel restrictions and everything. So that's a big shame. That's usually one of the big races at the start of the year. And I'll, again, I'll go back to that later. So that is a bit, that is a big shame. Um, what else? Yeah, so that was sort of interesting to watch. It's nice to watch streams now and again. I mean, esports isn't the end of the world. I mean, it's it's like one of those sports where you you're enjoying it more to play than than watch. But I still found it quite entertaining. I thought it was quite an entertaining stream from what I saw of it. Obviously, like I said, I didn't watch the full twelve hours. I'm not a sad bastard, but it was good. It was generally interesting, you know, to watch them, and it and it feels quite realistic in the camera views and how they do it, and they still have the pit and work out tyre and fuel, negotiate traffic, uh, work on driver strategies, stints. It, it is quite interesting. So if you haven't checked it out, go check out Jimmy Broadbent on YouTube. Definitely worth a look. Um, yeah, so that was good. Uh, of course, Barthes did announce that the V8 Supercar Championship, or Supercars Championship as it's known now, will start in Mount Panorama at Barthes next year. So they've instead taken it over because obviously it's more of a national championship with only local drivers racing, you know, Australian and New Zealand drivers, so them travelling is not really an issue, so that sets up the championship quite nice. Uh, I do like the championship starting in Adelaide, but to start in uh, Mount Panorama and Barfest is good as well, so happy days. What else was an Ah, yes, the FIA World Rallycross Championship. I love the World Rallycross. Rallycross has been around since the 80s, when they used to race Group B cars in it. And it was just it was it was like a nice little home for cars that weren't allowed to race in rally anymore because they were too dangerous. But they could work in rallycross because it's safer. They're on purpose-built racetracks. They're enclosed. They're not going to go off the track and kill someone or the drivers. So that was good. So the World Rallycross at the moment, the season's been sort of short to about seven or eight rounds. Instead, over a weekend, where they would do the whole event, they do sort of two events per meeting. So they'd have one whole event on the Saturday and the second on the Sunday. Uh, World Rallycross is amazing, quite interesting too. Uh, if you haven't tried it, go and give it a go. It's on the Dirt Games, and it will more than likely be on the new Dirt Game, which is out soon. Um, but yeah, um, Rallycross is great. So what they do is it, they have four qualifying heats, um, where you're. It's not about where you finish in the heat. It's about how fast you complete the heat. So you have four laps of the circuit, including one joker lap. If you don't know what that is, Google it because it's pain in the ass, but it works for rallycross, not for not for street racing, but it works on rallycross. Um, so yeah, they have to do four laps, it doesn't matter if they win the race or finish last, as long as they produce a fast time. Uh, each qualifying heat gives them a set of points, if you win the heat it's 50 points and so on and so forth, till zero. So it's all about creating the fastest time. The fastest 12 qualifiers from the four events, so that's all their points added up from how fast they've qualified over the four heats, um, gets added together. Uh, with given points, so the fastest 12 will then advance to the semi-finals, which is two um, separate heats of six drivers. So uh, if you win, if you qualify top of the four heats, then you've got the most points out of the four heats, you'll start pole position for the semi-final one, and then, you know, it'll be first, third, fifth, seventh, ninth, and eleventh in one heat, and then the other the other six and the other one in heat two. Then the fast, then this, this is where you need to be up front. Because, uh, because instead of taking your race time, they take your position. So the first, so out of the two semi-finals, you need to finish in the top three to advance to the final. So you need to finish in the top three. Uh, it's a six-lap race instead of four, like the qualifying heats. 
you need to finish in the top three and then you move to the final so the fastest three from each semi-finals moves to the final and then they race you know for the overall victory of the weekend and you gain points based on that as well so that's how it adds up and um, so they had two of their instead of having that over the weekend they had one of the whole thing each day so you do four qualifying heats one semi-heat if you did advance and then one final that would be your that would be each day so they had two they were in um, barcelona and the circuit de catalonia's rally cross circuit this weekend doing two events one on the saturday and one on the sunday and what's crazy about rallycross is in 2018 there were four sort of works manufacturer teams racing peugeot audi um osbergs ford and um volkswagen volkswagen won it and they all pull, all four manufacturers pulled out at the end of 2018. So it left the grid with no manufacturers in 2019, which is fine. Because it still worked, we still had close competition and good racing. And it's allowed some of the smaller teams to come up through the grid. It's like when the World Touring Cars um, and Citroen pulled out. And it, it was quite interesting then, kind of thing. It made it a bit closer. So it shows you don't need works teams and everything. Even Formula 1 would probably work without works teams. As long as you've got big teams still in there and there's competition, it could still work. And which is why the British Touring Cars works, because... You know, there's not loads of big manufacturers and everyone's kind of, you know, it's an equal playing field. So, yeah, the World Rallycross was on this weekend. Um, great racing. You know, it's close. If you have not watched it, go and give it a watch. It's all on YouTube. They have a um, YouTube channel, the FIWRX. They upload everything on there so you can go watch the full races, the full qualifying, behind the scenes. It's really good. It's one of the, one of the best... One of the one of the best sort of championships I'd say on the grid that the FIA have managed to put together is quite an equal playing field. The tracks are exciting. The racing is always exciting. And even though there are one or two drivers that are up there all the time, it is still quite a competitive um, formula. So it's definitely worth watching. Um, I believe Timmy Hansen won day one, and I think Christofferson won day two, and he's in the lead of the championship. And if he wins it this year, he'll be a three-time championship champion. So it's worth watching, definitely. Um, in terms of playing it on a game, it's quite interesting. In fact, it's really interesting. I think it it um, it's tough, but it's it's rewarding. And if you if you can learn how to tame the six hundred horsepower beasts, which they are difficult to drive, um, you can have a great load of fun on it. And again, it's circuits that you can learn. It's not like rally where. Yeah, you know, each stage is different and you have to look at your pace notes and you can't, you feel like you can't really go flat out unless you practice the route a lot and you're a professional. But Rallycross is different. You learn the circuit, you learn, you know, you learn the lines, you learn the tarmac to the dirt, you learn the joker lap, you learn strategies, pace. And it's quite good. So when the new dirt game comes out, I'll be definitely hitting that up at some point. Most likely on PlayStation. Um... Other racing on at the weekend, I mean NASCAR's on every weekend, not really worth talking about that at the moment, but it, you know, it's still advancing, it, that would have to be a whole other podcast I think to explain everything that goes on there, because I find their championship a bit confusing to be honest, but I guess it's Americans, they like to have fun. Um, what else, I don't I don't really think there was much else going on, the British Touring Cars wasn't racing, Formula 1 wasn't on, yeah fair enough, okay so let's let's put a pin in that one then. Because that's what we'll be doing on this podcast. We'll be talking about what racing's happened each week. And then we'll move on. You know, we'll discuss about it. And there's, there's other stuff. I have I have some plans. I've got to hopefully get a few friends on the show and talk about uh, various racing games that have influenced over the years. The differences between future and past motorsport. 
what people get attracted to motorsport and then I've got quite an interesting one hopefully coming up where I talk about going to motorsport and you know what it's like to go to motorsport formula one local championships and you know the costs how you do it uh, getting it organized and, and how much fun you get out of it so they're worth listening to as well so let's talk briefly uh, what's going on next week or this weekend coming up um we have let's start with formula one unfortunately uh, we are off to portugal now f1 used to race in portugal in like the 90s the late 90s they haven't really been there for a while but the circuit i actually quite like and i played on a few games i think project cars 2 is the last time i played on it it's quite a really it's a really good flowing circuit with a mix of hills you know banked corners long fast corners long straights and sharp tight corners and chicane so and there's quite a few passing points i think looking at the circuit so hopefully it might produce a, a good race in terms of what I think will happen, well, it'll be Mercedes washout more than likely. If Hamilton wins the race this weekend, he will not only extend his lead in the championship even more, or look like he's definitely winning it this year, yawn fest, but he will officially overtake um, Michael Schumacher in the all-time win list. So he will he will effectively be on 92 victories and have more than more than Michael Schumacher. That, that That's a thing I never thought I'd say, to be honest. I mean, records are always getting broken, but I never thought I'd see that one being broke anytime soon. I think, you know, I think I talked about it a bit last week, but he has won pretty much every year he's been in the championship. You know, to jump in the championship and be immediately in a competitive car and win a competitive season in your rookie championship sets you up. And, you know, as much as I'm not a big fan of him, his move to Mercedes in 2013 was one of the best moves he could have done. And that's changed his, you know, it's up to his career even more. He's, you know, he's going to be on record to be the most successful driver seven world championships so yeah it should be a good race i'm looking forward to it i think i'd like to see red bull get up a bit there ferrari look like moves slightly forward the midfield pack is tightening up again renault have now jumped a bit mclaren have dropped back alfa tari are floating around racing point are always there which said this week they're adapting even more mercedes technology so best of luck everyone else on that one yeah, we'll have to see. I'm always interested in new tracks, and of course we missed out on a couple of new F1 circuits this year. So hopefully we'll we'll see we'll see what's going on. And of course we still have some new circuits on the way because we are obviously going to Imola, which I can't wait. Imola's a fantastic circuit. I don't I don't care what championships racing there or what people say. I think that'll be a good race. Um, not a beautiful and terrible history at that track, but it should be good. And then we're off to um. We've got Bahrain a bit later in the championship, but we do also have a different layout of that circuit, so maybe that'll be good as well. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, yeah, so Formula 1, let's forget about that for now, because yawn. What else is on? Wow, British Touring Cars. Who knew that was going to come up in conversation? Oh, I did. Uh, British Touring Cars is racing at Snetton this weekend. It's the second to last um, race meeting on the calendars. We go to Brands Hatch and race on the Indy circuit for the final round. Uh, I'm off all weekend, so I'll be enjoying that. And hopefully me and my me and a good pal of mine, Ryan, will be talking about the uh, racings and what we thought of the championship this year and who we think will win the title. So that'll be good. And we'll do a full report on that next week. So tune in for that one. But yeah, uh, at the moment, it's been, a, you know, it's, I think it's been a good season. I think it has been a good, good competitive season. And it's not just been rear-wheel drive cars. It's been a mix of front-wheel and rear-wheel drive. Um, there are mathem- mathematically there are still quite a few drivers in with a chance of winning, but I 
think it's a four-horse race now, really. I think it's between Ashley Sutton in first place in the championship, um, Dan Kamish, who's now second, Mr. Consistent. He could win it this year, he could do. Imagine that, you know. Uh, Colin Turkington in third, and Tom, Tom Ingram in fourth. I think Ingram really needs to have a solid weekend at Snetterton, which I think he can do. I think Snetterton is more a front-wheel drive circuit anyway, so I think he will bounce a bit. But I think this is Sutton and Turkington need to do some stuff here. Turkington's obviously lost a little bit of ballast, so he might be up there. I expect him to win a race this weekend, maybe race two, but we'll have to see. Um, should be good. I think... I've been talking all year about it being between Sutton and Turkington, but that Camish is Mr. Consistency back up there again. He's only a few points off Sutton. I think both him and Turkington had a bad weekend in Croft, really, because that's a maximal, a maximum attack for rear-wheel drive cars. That's where they need... And, you know... I've, it's usually a whitewash. Turkington wins there usually every year, and a rear-wheel drive car is always winning a race there. But actually, I think only Turkington's podium in the first race was the only rear-wheel drive podium all weekend, I think Tim Harvey said at the end of the meeting. So that's something to think about. Insane. Really insane. Uh, really crazy. But yeah, they really needed to capitalise on that, so they need to they need to pull someone out of the bag in Snet, and I think they will. Um, but I'd like to see Ingram up there a bit more. I'd like to see Toyota do something. I'm a Toyota man. I drive a Toyota. I'd like to see Toyota do something. It's nice to see Ingram win the championship as well. So we'll have to see. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll, 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 we'll see. And to be honest, the beauty is there's no one in the championship I really hate, apart from Matt Neal. But, um, and he's not going to win it, let's be honest. So I don't mind who wins it out of the four of them. Um, but it would be nice to see maybe a new winner. And the last one we had was Ashley Sutton in 2017. So it would be nice. But we'll have to see. I don't mind who takes it, but it would be nice to see a new winner. Uh, they have also announced that there will be a qualifying format change for the weekend, which is that the top 10 who qualify, so they'll have a normal qualifying session, I think it's about 40 minutes long. The top 10 who qualify in that will move forward to a top 10 shootout, uh, which will be really cool to watch. So it would be interesting to see that one, which could mix up the grid even more. You know, we could have... Um, say, I don't know, Ingram and Camish qualifying, say 6th and 7th. They do the top 10 shootout and end up qualifying 1st and 2nd, so we'll have to see. Yeah, I think it's a real-world drive circuit to lose. They need to do. They need to pull someone out of the bag. Brands Hatch GP, uh, Brands Hatch Indy, which they're going to for the final, is a bit of everything, because it's only a small circuit. I w maybe, maybe it is a real-world drive circuit, that one, that layout, because it's smaller... Um, you know, the tyre wear, there's a bit of tyre wear there. And I think the BMWs and the Infinities might do quite well there. So we'll have to see. Overall, I think the season's been really well. Been really good this year. Quite interesting. We've had quite a few different people on the podium. Quite a few different winners, as we usually do. And we've had a new winner. Uh, and, you know, we've had quite a few new cars do well as well. I mean, it's nice to see new shapes. I mean, name a year that NGTC rules haven't brought in a new car. We're still getting them. And the rules are changing soon, so fantastic, absolutely fantastic. So we'll have to see. We'll talk about that more um, next week. So there's quite a bit floating around. There's quite a lot to look forward to still in the season. And um, what I would like to talk about is a big year. Uh, the reason why this is important is is because it's something I think all motorsport fans should do at some point. The problem is money. It's always money, and at the moment it's Corona. So what are you going to do for me? So if anyone's seen, there's a film that came out about 10 years ago starring Owen Wilson, Jack Black and Steve Martin, uh, who are all amazing by the way, uh, which was called The Big Year. And what it was, 
was um, three bird watchers who basically had the challenge to see the most birds in that year, to spot the most birds in one year, more than you know each other and everyone else to win the competition. It got me thinking, imagine having a big motorsport year, you know, winning the lottery or something, and just travelling the world and watching all the big motorsport events. So you'd start off in January, February and go to the Dakar Rally and spend some time over there and watch the racing. Then you'd go and watch the Daytona 24 or Rolex 24. Then the Bathurst 12 hours and actually sort of start the season. Then you'd go to Spain and watch F1 testing. Then you'd go to Australia and watch the, um, well, what would be the Bathurst race there. So there's loads of different things to do. Then you'd move on and throughout the year you'd go and watch a load of other big events. Maybe go to watch DTM in, in Nosring because that's quite an interesting one. Or at Hockenheim. Watch a few F1 events in the season, like the British Grand Prix, definitely the Monaco Grand Prix, and perhaps finish up in Abu Dhabi. You've got the rally cross all over. You've got go and watch the Indy 500 if they're not clashing. The Le Mans 24 is definitely something to do. The, you know the Triple Crown. Uh, come back and watch the British Touring Car Finale at Brands Hatch. Uh, watch the Macau Grand Prix. There's so much to do, and I think it would be cool to put a list together of all the big of like a big year and just take the time off and go do that. But again, that's a big money expenditure year that ain't cheap that's not that's uh millionaires or sponsors deals isn't it let's be honest but it would be a nice idea so i might put a list together and just talk through them briefly and why i would like to go to them and what i find appealing and what i can recommend for other people going to them uh, in terms of motorsport if you're just getting into motorsport and you want to you don't know what to watch my recommendation for anyone living in any country is to um Start off by watching a national race. Go online and Google national racing championships and see what's quite big. A lot of countries have different ones, but I'd say touring cars is where to start. That's sort of the big national championships for the countries. And you have them pretty much in every country. Uh, the UK has the British touring cars, which I've mentioned many times. Germany has DTM and TCR courses everywhere. Australia has the supercars championship. Um, Brazil in Brazil has the V8 stock cars Argentina has a massive series called the TC2000 championship there's so many like every country has one so Google go online and start with that and go see where your nearest track is find when the race meetings on go down and see what you think yeah, that's the best place I'd, I'd say I'd recommend anyone to start at go and see one of those races go down check it out and see what you think and you might enjoy it if you enjoy it branch out watch the championship online because everything is televised now go online and watch it Go to a few more race meetings at different circuits. Maybe, maybe try and get in on hospitality, which is possible in 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 local championships because it's not that expensive. Find other worldwide championships you like. Find video games. Go and watch the Formula One. But the, but that's 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 sort of the way to do it. The best thing best thing to do is watch a national championship race, and then move forward from there. Um. Personally. Personally, I would always go with someone as well. Find someone to go with, find a friend, a relative, and make it a proper event. You can do that with any sport, you know, football, cricket, uh, rugby, whatever you want. Find a national sport and a national team. I guess it's a bit easier with football because pretty much every town has a football team, so go and watch your own local team play and then move on from there and do that, and that's the best way to do it. And then, you know, go from there, watch it more online, become more interested engage you get there's so much content now especially online there's behind the scenes every everyone has their social media accounts every championship has a youtube account now you can pretty much watch every race online now anyway so go and enjoy that so yeah start off in a national championship and then work your way up from there 
Uh, what am I looking forward to for the future? Uh, well, every year there's always announcements. The biggest, it's coronavirus has kind of kicked everyone in the ass really because 21, 2021, next year was supposed to be the big year for all the rule changes. You know, every big championship was going for a major rule change. Of course, that's all been pushed back now. So let's look forward to 2022 and let's just notify a couple of interesting thoughts about um, what future things are coming. Let's start with uh, Formula One, major rule change. Um, major rule change coming in. The two biggest problems with that is with Formula One at the moment is the engine power units, which of course differ. Obviously, Mercedes has the most powerful one, and the second most uh, biggest, the best, second biggest problem is the um, air flow and vortexes produced by the cars, which means that the cars behind can't close up and can't overtake. So they're addressing those two sort of problems putting more limits on engine modes which they've already started this year and budgets which is a, a big thing which means Ferrari and Mercedes can't spend billions and millions of pounds or so splitting up the funding the sort of championship winnings for all the teams at the end of the season which there is a documentary on it or something on YouTube have a look at it which explains more about it in detail where basically money that teams were getting at the end of the season is now being divided up a bit more fairly and then of course the major visual changes the the cars they're having massive changes to the wings the front and back and the sort of the whole airflow of the car which means that other cars can come up behind them and overtake them a lot easier but again it's all online have a look on the formula one and autosport youtube channels for more information um but yeah as well as the world endurance championship is quite an interesting one because lmp1 which is their top championship um class at the moment is being changed quite majorly for next year which which is being changed, which is being changed, and they're uh, adding hypercars instead. So, works teams are coming in and getting excited because they're the ones that build the cars for the road and then being converted to uh, championship running. So it's it's worth to have a look at. They're going to be cool race cars. But again, that's twenty twenty two, sort of next year, twenty twenty one, twenty two. They're kind of bringing it in, so it's still interesting looking at. British touring cars are introducing hybrid engines. They've been recently testing them, and again, hybrid technology and electric technology, like the world. Rallycross Championship, which I mentioned before, is using electric technology. They already have an electric E Rallycross car, which has been racing this year in its first championship. Ken Block is racing there at the moment. Quite interesting, that's on his YouTube channel, Ken Block YouTube. If you want to have a look at the car a bit more closely, I think it's on the Hoonigan YouTube as well. So that's quite interesting. Um, but yeah, loads of big changes coming in 2022, so it should be interesting. Uh, but there's loads of stuff. It's worth looking online. Keeping up. We're going to do a whole thing on it soon. Uh, we'll we'll do a review of 2020 and, and what we're looking forward to next year and what we want to see from motorsport championships. But at the moment, we're just enjoying what's on TV. So I'm going to be watching the full British Touring Car Championships event this weekend and probably most of the Formula 1, and I hope you guys do too. Last quick thing, I'm just going to be plugging some stuff for you guys. Uh, the first thing is uh, I run a blog as well, which is quite a mix of sort of reviews and talks and stuff and it's not all motorsport but a lot of it is uh, recently done a book review of Jason Plato's How Not To Be A Racing Driver I think I mentioned this before but if you haven't read it go and read it it's definitely worth reading it's a class comedy act and it gives you a lot of behind the scenes looks at motorsport and um, 
and just the general world, really, the world of motorsport, the world of racing, the world of being a driver. I thought it was brilliant, and I wrote a review on it, put it online, and Jason Plato liked it and put it on his social media, so it's obviously definitely worth looking at. Definitely read the book and then read my review afterwards, I'd say. Um, what? Uh, yeah, so it's www.blurblogsonline.com. It's all on WordPress, so definitely go please check it out. Uh, obviously, I've not been doing much on YouTube recently. The reason why is because the podcast show should be a podcast and should be here for you available on streaming services like Spotify. So, which is why the YouTube's taking a backseat. But I probably will do something soon on that. Again, I'm back in university, so it's you know it's busy times, busy busy times. So yeah, thank you very much for tuning in today. Uh, obviously, this is only episode two, so we're still early doors. But like I said before, there are some big plans coming soon. And watch as much racing as you can and enjoy yourselves and stay safe. I'll see you all later. Thank you. Goodbye.